podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hello everyone. Today I'm speaking with Kim Shaw. Kim is a fully qualified and accredited career counselor with a master's degree in career development. Kim Shaw has been helping people manage their careers successfully for over 15 years within a range of organization includes community, state government, corporate, private sector and universities. Kim has a special interest and substantial experience in assisting migrants and refugees. So let's hear it from Kim. Hi Kim, welcome to your career down under show. Hi Nishad, how are you doing? I am very well. First of all, thank you for accepting to be on the Your Career Down Under show. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) Excellent. So, Kim, you have worked with many, many people, many professionals seeking work or changing careers and a lot of other career issues. But before I do that, I think I know it's an appropriate question. Tell us a little bit about your journey, your career journey. Where did you start and how did you end up doing what you're doing? That's a great question. Well, I've career changed a couple of times. So I started out in the banking industry, working in back office, uh, sort of problem solving. Um, Then I got a bit bored of that and decided to study accounting and then got into other areas of accounting, working again for banking, then into oil and gas mining industries, engineering companies, and I felt there was a lack of job satisfaction. I loved the analytical part and I loved the people that I worked with, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to give back. I wanted to do something constructive for my community. So then I researched counselling, career counselling, even yoga to try and give, to try and work with people. And yeah, I found career counselling really worked. I love motivating people and I believe everyone has a spark within them that they can contribute to the world and their community. And it's just finding that spark and helping them reach their goal is is what makes me tick. Excellent. That's fascinating. You know, starting with banking, then oil and gas and engineering, and now ending up really, you know, working with people in the jobs and career issues. It's a fascinating Mm -hmm. journey that you had, Kim. So you obviously, you have got many things to share with our listeners. Let's kick off. And, you know, probably first, my question to you would be around, that you have worked with migrants too, uh, you know, back in Perth, skilled migrants when they arrive from Even overseas. Refugees. In your in refugees also, excellent. So in your experience, why does migrant really struggle despite of having huge professional Absolutely. skills? Australia is built on migrants and the wonderful skills they bring. So they have amazing things to contribute. But the trouble is they often think that Australian job search is the same as their home country. And that's where the biggest mistake is. They need to know that Australia is a very, very different culture. We're very skills focused and we're very customer service oriented. So the way we speak to each other, how are you going, what do you need, is very part of uh, the Australian culture. Whereas if you ask for a job in Australia, that's considered rude. If you're in, say, Germany, that's expected. 
So it's a very different culture and the main thing people need to do is understand the Australian culture, learn, listen, observe and research the labour market. There's a lot of great websites like the Labour Market Information Portal, joboutlook.gov.au, myfuture.edu.au to find out more about what the job market is like, what's happening, what skills you need and how to explain those skills. Right. I think you touched upon a couple of elements of how it is different, Australian job markets or skills. And another thing that you touched upon is customer focused. Can you elaborate a little bit more on what do you really mean by customer focused? My my most useful technique that I give, especially to migrants that work so well, is to think of themselves as a business, that their employers are customers and that they are aiming to sell a skill to that customer. So like customer service, you say, how can I help you? What do you need? You never say to an employer or a customer, do you have any money to buy something today, madam? So it's really important for skilled migrants, for any migrants, to think, "Ah, am I asking my employer what they need? Am I asking about them or telling them what I want? So that's that concept that I really try to get through. And the clients, particularly skilled migrants, have worked so well because they're no longer approaching employers and professionals in their industry saying, I am looking for a job, which is not the way to do it in Australia. But they're asking professionals, what does Australia need? What does the IT industry need? Or what does the accounting industry need? So ultimately, it's a customer service mindset. Right. And I think that's a great way to put that through. I I also use similar example. And I also tell my clients that, you probably need yes, a problem-solving mindset that what problems can you really solve? And once you have established and once you're thinking from that framework, then you ask exactly. a different very, set of questions, much, isn't yeah. it? It's what you can do for them. That's right. This is a focus. You, you're actually shifting the whole focus from yourself yes. to them. It's like I can give you another example. Yeah, it's like parenting. Yeah, no, like so immediately your focus then shifts to the kids or oh, what do you want now then the life revolves around what they exactly. want and their needs are and you absolutely forget well, about your own difficult needs, because it? when you're looking for a job you're worried about money you're worried about you know, different things you may mm. be the sole person to get money for the family that it's really hard not to think about yourself but when we meet somebody for the first time, we don't tell them what we've been doing. We ask them, so what have you been up to? How are you doing? And that's kindness. That's being considerate of others. So that's why that customer service mindset works so well, because it's thinking of others first. And then you have a good reputation and employers will think highly of you. That's right. Excellent. Well, that's a very great thing to kick off our discussion. So in terms of, you know, if I can lead that to the other thing that I want to discuss is migrants sometimes find themselves in a very peculiar situation where they want to adapt to what you suggested is the customer service mindset. But at the same time, they are bit in hurry they are also responsible to managing their finances and not not every migrant come up with loads of money to survive off so in that situation maintaining that mindset of positivity and thinking about the employer is kind of difficult isn't it how do you suggest people should manage their mindset or what are some of the things that you can sort of share from your experience there's three things that are most useful for a lot of my clients when they come back when they did, when I had my own business, they came back to me and said, 
you know, yeah. things that really worked for them. But one very important is be curious. You're in a new country. Be aware that there's culture shock. Even with, a, with an accepting country and accepting people, there's going to be a difference of ways. So be, be kind to yourself of how long it will take to adapt. But be curious. Ask people what's it like here and, and try to get in touch with other positive migrants what I see undermining a lot of new migrants is that they talk to other negative migrants who say, oh, I know it's all bad. They don't like me because I'm from another country and I can't get a job and I'm, you know, my skills aren't valuable. But they often are the people who aren't trying to understand the different culture. There are thousands of successful migrants in Australia. Mm. Reach out to them, you know, find successful people and say, what did you do? How did you do it? The other thing that I would recommend is volunteer. Volunteering is mm. the most important thing mm. to boost your confidence in a new country. It allows you to meet new people. Then you yeah. are needed. People value you because you're volunteering. So from what I've heard from my clients when they come back to me is, wow, I've learned so much from volunteering because I understand I'm useful and I'm getting local experience. So then all of the negatives that happen when you don't have local mm. experience all of that positivity increases. So, yeah, just take care of yourself and be kind to yourself in a new country because it's a big step. Yeah, it is. I you know I can. <laughs> I didn't realize how much yes. big step it was until I came here. And then one few of my colleagues then remarked once I started to work that we would not make this much big step. And then I suddenly realized, oh God, I must have taken a giant, exactly. giant leap of faith. To come to Australia or to migrate to yes. any country without it's, it's very without scary. a job. I think uh, once you start you know? talking to other people uh, who have yeah. done it well, it gives you confidence and hope that of course I can do it, but I need to learn and I need to work hard to get this right. So yeah, yeah. But I think what you spoke about is to talk to people who have positive mindset around migration, people who have successfully done that. I think that's really great. So how do you suggest people should approach them? How do they really approach? Because that's another thing is if I see 11 years back when I came here, if I see a successful migrant, I probably more uh, feel insecure and how do I approach them? And there's hesitation and tentativeness about it. Again, I come back to that sense of curiosity. When we're children, we go up to people and we ask them questions. So when I coach, I tell people, just approach them and say, wow, you're so successful. I would love to hear more about your journey. If it's appropriate, you might say, if I buy you a coffee, will you tell me your story and how you became successful when you came to Australia? Mm. So it's approaching them with curiosity. You would never have in your mind, because I can't get a job, because that's just rude in Australia. It's not about you. It's about the person you're talking with. And when you do that, then you'll find that they ask about your skills. So I think, like you said before, Neshad, that people are nervous and they just want a job and they've got financial pressures and that comes into the conversation. My recommendation is allow a space of time when you don't think about that. You don't talk about a job. You don't talk about finances. You just learn and be curious. So network, there's lots of great community groups. As I said, we have a – I grew up in Sydney, so I was the token white a group amongst a group of yeah. amazing multicultural people. I'm first generation <laughs> Australian. My mum's a migrant. My dad is a refugee. So yeah. I, I grew up in a great oh, wow. cultural sort of diversity. 
So there are loads of people around. There's lots of groups. Reach out. Talk to people in your own communities. Then go further. Don't just stick to your own culture because that doesn't help either. But it's a good start. True. I think that's a very good point is to sticking to our own culture. I remember yeah. you know, I would when I came <laughs> 11 years back, I would want to be around Indians. I would want to be around not even my own yes. community, even in India. I just feel so safe and I feel so much secure and I can talk in the language. They understand it. Yes. At the same time, I agree that it, I exactly. suffered from lack yeah, of building that network outside so, of my community. Once you're with your own community, like you said, you feel safe. That's still good. I still encourage people to do that. But then ask those people, who do they know outside of that culture? And then that's networking, asking them, do you have a friend, do you have a neighbor who is friendly that I could talk to and find out more about how Australia works? Because it's, it's a very different country. It's not the normal Western country like America and UK. We're very different in Australia. We're very, very focused on skills and proving skills and contribution. What do you do with your community? So it is very tough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think another thing that you suggested is volunteering, which I wholeheartedly agree. It gives people the local experience, but more or less the the confidence to communicate. If they're not confident with English, and this is something that's really mm, important. Practice, that's true. Is your English needs to be exceptional because you're competing with a market that has local connections and local experience. Practice every day for hours a day. You never lose your home tongue, your homeland tongue, but you need to practice English and the best way is volunteering. Absolutely Because then not. you're learning how to speak to other people of different backgrounds. So it's, yeah, very useful. Absolutely. My two cents to that is listen to radio. I think my understanding of Australian culture increased exponentially when I started to listen to not so much Australian music, but more the talkback shows uh, where I get to learn about the politics side, the business, the sports and everything. I think that helped me to really strike Uh, conversation. Australian television, just like American television is the same. It's full of rubbish. Absolutely, Um, yes. (laughs) Whereas talkback radio, you hear real people asking real questions. You understand what they value. So very much talkback radio can be very useful for that. Yeah, absolutely. So another question that I always get asked, and I'm pretty sure that you had also been asked this question before, is about the myth around local experience. It's like a catch-22. You can't get local experience without getting a job, but to get a job, you need local experience. That's like, I find it so fascinating. But in your experience, how do you Uh, think uh, that the migrants can really encounter that question? From Sydney to Perth, the first thing employers said is, you don't have local experience and they wouldn't give me a job. So I was Australian. I had skills that I used in Sydney, but they didn't want to hire me because I had Sydney experience instead of Perth. So this is not a migrant thing. It's a location thing. Really important is that the first thing I realized, what would I do back home? I would connect with my network, other people who were in my industry. So then in Perth, I thought, I need to connect. So I became a member of, um, at that time, it was an accounting association and went to networking events. I made my own very small business card. They look so much better now. There's more technology. So I had my own little business card that I cut into pieces and that I could give (laughs) to people. But I was mindful never to ask for a job. And it's so important that I was asking, how does it work in Perth? 
what kind of skills do they need in Perth? Uh, what kind of software do they use in Perth from Sydney? Do you know anyone from Sydney who's now working here and what did they do to get there? So I was asking lots of questions. Then I got to meet more people and it was the people that I met in these associations that said, ah, oh, does that mean you're available to work? Oh, yes, I am. What have you got available? How can I help you? Oh, we've got a job coming up next month. I'll give you the details. So this was the conversation. They never saw my resume. They didn't need to. They spoke to me. They asked me what I could do and I asked them what I could do for them. So, yeah, associations allows you to understand the, the needs more. True. And I think I really like your the whole concept about being curious. I find that very fascinating, honestly, is around that you're curious about the work culture, you're curious about yes, you know, very knowing much. more things. And I think, think that's what interests people. To Say, for example, to. when you meet new people and you really like them, really think about why you like that person. What did you talk about? And I can almost guarantee that most of the conversation was them asking you, so what do you do? And, oh, that sounds really interesting. Tell me more about this. And, oh, have you ever tried this? And so the conversation is about what makes you interesting and what makes you passionate about something. So curiosity is at the heart of this. And the same with customer service mindset is that you ask mm. your employers, well, what do you need? What are your challenges? What are you trying to solve? So the curiosity ticks the boxes in so many areas. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think that was my next thing that I wanted to ask you is about how do you really understand employers' expectations? Obviously, there are job descriptions which says that this is what the employer is looking for. But as we know, that's only tip of the iceberg. There are many things that the employer is looking for, which they have not been putting in the job description. So do you expect them to know Absolutely. before even they apply for the job question. or do they ask in One the interview? How do they really figure out the expectation? job searching. So when you're talking to your industry and professionals who already work in the industry, they give you a good indication of what the industry wants, what the real expectations are. Say, for example, for somewhere like accounting, we tend to be very focused on the technical skills, software, procedures and techniques, but we forget that Australian employers want people who are very good communicators, who can resolve conflict, who can be collaborators and work within teams. So there is a lot of hidden wants that the employer will put or want, but they won't necessarily put it in the advertisement. On the other side of that coin is that sometimes the employers will put extra things like minimum five years local experience. When this is their Christmas wish list, it's not the reality of who they have in the job already. So this is where if you see a job and you think, oh, I don't have five years experience, but I'm really enthusiastic about this company, I would call them and say, I'm so enthusiastic about this job. However, I haven't got five years experience, but I have got this experience instead. Would this be useful to you? Would this be valuable to you? And then let the employer say yes or no. But what you've done is you've called them, which is hard. You've gone above and beyond. So for an employer, we want, it's like any customer, we want the 20% extra. Absolutely. If you go shopping for shampoo, and you see the same thing, 20% extra same price, of course you'll buy it. With an employer, they're looking for the 20% yeah. extra people. They're looking for those who go above and beyond, even though Absolutely. it's uncomfortable. 
that they will ring the employer and say, I'm concerned about what you may need. Could you clarify more details? They really do appreciate it. Many people use the excuse of, oh, they must be busy. They won't want to hear from me. But think of yourself as an employer. Would you want to hire somebody you have no idea who they are? There's a high risk that they may not fit. You would hire the person that has reached out and said, I really want to work for your company. Yeah. So calling the employer is a very interesting concept. I think I've got just an anecdotal evidence, but most of the migrants uh, do not feel confident to call employer even before applying for the job. They feel probably sense of fear or sense of tentativeness and feel that maybe their call might be rejected and they might be put into a category that you are asking too many questions. Now, so I, I think that's that's a very good, good pointer is to call employer. And have a discussion I was about it, trying isn't to it? find a good question so I have an excuse to ring them because I know that good customer service is talking to the person, the human being directly. The more we have a distance, the less we are likely to have their trust because really in Australia, it's a trust issue. All employers, they want to hire the best person for the job. But if you're a stranger and you have no local experience and you haven't even called them to talk yeah. to them, you're a high risk. Even if you have a great resume, you're still high risk. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that we sometimes hide behind the email and the computer because we avoid that questions and we avoid exactly. that human and interaction that maybe I just send the email, send a message on LinkedIn oh, and then they just wait there for them to And what I'm doing is sending an email to all the different companies and sending them my resume. And I say to them, so what do you do with spam? Because you're spamming these people. Talk to them. Ring them and say, I'm very interested in yeah. your company. I see that you've done these projects or this work or these values. Absolutely. I would very much be interested in finding out more of how I can contribute to your company. And it sounds a bit corny, but think about if you're the employer and someone rings you and says those things, you'd be impressed. So it's yeah. flipping the coin. It's thinking like the employer that's really important. Absolutely. That's really fascinating, Kim. Absolutely. Any, you know, before we finish, anything Very else that you important. want to add so to that will help our listeners to you know, you know, get job quickly? Anything else that you think is appropriate? Industry. IT use Meetup all the time. But in, yeah, but in particular, yeah. think about how you've proven your skills. So we are a skills-based culture in Australia. So on your resume, Absolutely, prove yes. that you have done this before. It's no longer enough for anyone, regardless of whether you're a migrant, to just state a skill. You've got to prove the skill. When have you used it before? When did it work? And put that in your resume. Put that in your cover letter. You have proven this before. Mm. Therefore, this is what I could do for your company. So it's like any customer. We want proof that this cup of coffee will be good before I buy it. So if I have evidence of this, then I'm more likely to buy that cup of coffee. So we have to think like a business. Work is no longer stable. There's going to be many employers that you have and many jobs on contract. You need to think like a business and who are your customers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, I think I really like to hone in on what you said is about be curious. Mm, That's a, so, such a fascinating it, it one of those term. I think that will open up many, many ideas in people's, curious, uh, you know, people's job search. I think. Job, people will ignore you and you'll feel bad. So be curious and people will talk to you. Absolutely. Excellent, Kim. So. Thank, thank you, you very so much, much for your time. Very I'm share. very sure that the listeners will find this discussion very fascinating and uplifting for them. 
Thank you everyone for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au And if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.